You're listening to the Open Court Podcast with Jay Young, Bob Huesler, and Joe DeSantis. An all-access pass to Fairfield University men's basketball. We welcome you to Open Court with Jay Young, your one-stop podcast destination for all things Fairfield basketball, along with the coach. I'm Bob Huesler, joined by my broadcast partner, the Fairfield Hall of Famer, Joe DeSantis. We're speaking with Jay the day before the Sacred Heart game and a few days after the Medgar Evers game, Coach. And um, first question is two-part. What did you want to get out of that Medgar Evers game, and what did you end up getting out of it? Yeah, I, I think we talked before the game, and I just wanted us to kind of be really focused and, you know, kind of evaluate the film the same way as, as we do PC or BC, that we've shared the ball, we've played uh, good defense, we were in our spots, um, we were cutting hard, all the, all the things that any coach is looking for, and I thought we did that. I got home, I was pleased that we took care of business. Uh, we did what a good team would do, we jumped on them right away, the game was kind of over in the first, you know, five or six minutes. We also allowed our bench to play after two tough road games, kind of got our um, starters off, our, off their feet and uh, I was pleased with the way we handled it. We shared the ball. Uh, I think we had some crazy 38 assists on 40. And, you know, there were some opportunities, I thought, for the guys to go one-on-one that they didn't take, and they made the extra pass. And, uh, you know, honestly, I thought it, I, and it got us a win. And it got us a good feeling in the locker room afterwards after two tough losses. So I thought everything that we wanted to get out of the game, we did. And even from the standpoint of Medgar Evers, I think for those kids, I texted the coach afterwards. And even though the score was awful, awful lopsided, he said it was a dream for them to come up here and play against Division one, one team. So I thought it worked out well. Are you going to continue to schedule a D3 or a D2 perhaps as a one-game part of the Fairfield schedule going forward? Yeah, I think that's something that we'll continue to do. I mean, uh, you know, this was something that's come up through uh, the conference and other conferences and, you know, what – 11 more wins for our conference will do for an RPI and, and uh, some most conferences are allowing two uh, to be played. Our conference is just at the, uh, the number one. We can only play one of them. But uh, it's something that will continue to go forward and I think every conference is doing it. There's only a few in the country that aren't doing it now and even the night that we played I thought I counted 14 or 15 non-ones played uh, against ones that night. I'm sure it's too early to get specific, but is there any D2 or D3 in the area that you might want to zone in on? Maybe even not give us a name, but do you have an idea or some, um, you know, some possibilities on the horizon? Yeah, I really haven't thought about it. I mean, there, if we can help out, there was a small guaranteed, obviously, for Medgar Evers that we were able to pay for their trip up here and give them some money, which for a school like that is big for their program. Um, so I thought that, that if we could help out a local school in that regard, we, we certainly will. They were one of the few schools who kind of bid at the game. We were, as I said before, we had very few arena dates that we could fit that game in. So uh, they, they wanted to do it, and we took them up on it. And, and I thought it was a, a positive ex- experience for everybody who was involved in it. I'll ask you the layup question here. How was it to uh, you know, be in a place where there were real fans, real Fairfield living and breathing fans behind you and instead of cardboard, that had to feel pretty good. It did, yeah, it felt really good. And even the, uh, I said this about the first two games, it was even good to hear booze on the road, just <laughs> to have uh, real fans and real people. And that's what the, you know, the kids thrive off of and, and, and uh, want to play in front of their family and friends for sure. 
Now, here's a question that is something that you're not going to want to touch yet. But because the game against Medgar Evers was your home opener, I started thinking, well, your next home opener is going to be one of the most historic home openers in the history of Fairfield basketball. And, of course, is when you open the new arena here on campus. Is there any thought being given a year out to potential opponents for that game? That's going to be a big deal who ends up being that first non-conference, what's well, going to be a non-conference opponent that plays you in the athletic and uh, the convocation center. So any thought at all given to that? We've talked about it a little bit. One of, one of the issues is we're going to have to get a, a probably a solid opening date when the arena is absolutely going to be done um, because you, the, your completion date is right around the start of the season. Yeah. So I couldn't tell you today that we were opening up specifically on this date right now. So I don't even have a date uh, right now where the arena is definitely going to be open up. So until uh, we probably get closer uh, after the season and, and they can give us some more of a specific opening date where that arena they know is going to com be completed, and obviously a lot goes into that, uh, it's difficult to schedule an opponent. It just is right now. But there's been a little discussion about who would possibly, who we, we would reach out to. Um, and some of that is, you know, the every turn games from people who owe you games. You, do you have to go out and find a new opponent? There's not going to be a lot of people jumping at the bit to say, okay, I want to open up your new arena on the road. That's just a fact. Mm -hmm. So, um, again, we're going to have to get a, the first thing we're going to do is have to get a date when, when the arena is going to be ready for us for occupancy. Joe, I'll uh, put you on the spot as a, uh, a Fairfield Hall of Famer. You have any uh, nominees for that opponent? Well, I, I think you can solve that problem, Jay. If you just scheduled like the first five game against Big East and ACC opponents, so eventually one of the opening dates would fall on one of those games. Well, we're gonna. We're, I, you don't have to comment on that. That was stupid. Um, <laughs> well, I, I had a thought in my mind, but I was going to hold on to it because we haven't talked about your upcoming game with Sacred Heart. Do you have a contract with them to play them again next year at home? Yes, yes, we do. And could you actually talk to them, not now, but as you get closer, would you possibly consider us as the opening game and not give a specific date? In other words, be flexible where you know you could play us that'd be hard to do yeah because they're trying to fill their schedule too yeah i know with, that with uh, games so I, I just think as we get closer to uh after the season that the people the the architects and everybody are going to have to probably say okay this is the date that we're targeting that you and, and it may be the first opening night which i think is the 10th or the 9th whatever it is next year it may be in fact that it's ready for that night it may be we just don't know that right now. So, uh, would you look for? A, would it be an upper level opponent? Would you? Would you try I just and get a, a UConn? There's no way UConn's coming in here and opening up the building. They won't go on the road till, till. Uh, I, I just think that th there's no incentive for those schools to come in here. How about a Rutgers? That's not going to happen. <laughs> there's no. There's, as good of friends we are, he's not coming in here and opening up the building. There's no incentive for them to come in here and do it. I meant to go on the road and 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 uh, and so do that. The only incentive is to do you a favor. That's true. <laughs> we're good friends. I don't know if we're that good friends. And he and Steve, as yeah. we all know, is a Connecticut guy. Right, right. I'll ask him. I'll ask him. <laughs> you can ask him. You call him. I'll no. give you his number. You can call him. Yeah, it's fun to think about. Just figured again. It's uh, it was I thought a little bit timely because there's the last home opener you'll play before you yeah. head into the arena. But let's get back into the here and now and. Um, 
talk a little bit about the personnel. And I know a lot of your fans are interested in learning more about the guy who's been very, very early in the season, your breakthrough freshman, uh, T.J. Long. So I wanted to ask you, um, how did he get on your radar? What was the recruiting? What's the backstory to recruiting him and, and getting him to come to Fairfield? We had seen T.J. play uh, AAU uh, when he was still in high school, and then he decided to take a prep year. And um, we were certainly interested in him. We, we, we kind of recruited him. We didn't know what our scholarship situation at the time was going to be. Um, and then we followed him when he went to Canterbury. And then COVID hit, so we could only watch him kind of online. The good thing is we did see him play live before he went there and had a, um, you know, we're certainly interested in him. And then uh, it, things kind of really heated up when Calvin came in and said that, uh, you know, that he was going to graduate and not come back. And we had that extra scholarship. So that's really what opened one up for TJ at the time. And, uh, you know, right after he, I think he made nine threes versus Putnam Science. And he came up here uh, with his parents. We were, we were away uh, and they came around campus. Now, we couldn't have even... The rule last year was we couldn't have contact with anybody. They could come up on their own and, view, and walk around campus, so he did that. And then uh, like campus and uh, just kind of continued from that and, and uh, accepted the scholarship offer. Who did you beat to get him here? Uh, I think he visited Marist and a, and a couple of the uh, Patriot Leagues unofficially. Um, and it was such a crazy time last year with COVID that, that you know, people weren't taking a lot of visits. Campuses were closed. so. Um, you know, I think he had some interest from those schools as well. When you saw him in high school and you were following him, what was the thing that you liked, the one thing that you liked the most that you felt could fit into what you needed? Well, we, you know, we're kind of anemic shooting the ball when I first got here and, and his ability to make threes and his range on the three-point shot. I, I didn't think he was a guy that the move, you know, some of the high school guys you look at and you wonder if the line being back, you know, a foot is going to bother him. I thought he would shoot it with ease from whatever range. And, uh, you know, he, he, I thought he had a good IQ, knew how to play, was well coached, and, uh, and uh, those things are true. He, he, shoot the ball, he shot the ball early with range, and he's, uh, he's been well coached before we got here. Now that you have him, is there anything that has surprised you about him? Yeah, I think, Joe, he's been more scorer than shooter. Um, uh, I, his ability to put the ball down and to, uh, you know, kind of attack the rim has been a pleasant surprise. Uh, his AU coach kind of told me he, he thought he was a little more scorer than shooter. I, I didn't see a lot of that, but since he's been here, he's been able to put the ball down and, and, and go to the basket too. He's the Mac Rookie of the Week. Uh, we get the feeling that there may be a few more of those in his future this season. Not trying to put, you know, not trying to lay those expectations on him this early, but he's certainly given us reason to, and I was wondering about his personality uh how will what, what kind of an off-the-court personality does he have and does he have the chance to develop into you know, a leader on this team eventually yeah i think no question he's uh he's got a chance to develop into a leader uh, tj's a funny kid he never gets high, too high too low um he he's got a really good personality he's liked by his teammates he's he's extremely coachable so we're lucky to have him but he doesn't say a whole lot Bob, he just kind of goes about business, which I like, and you could coach him really hard, and, uh, and he's been a really good teammate to the other guys, too. So he's a good practice player as well. I know very that's, good, yeah. that's an yeah, obvious he's statement. Very, he's been very good, yeah. Um, your other freshman got a good amount of playing time in the uh, Mega Rivers game, Makai Willis, uh, 
emerged as a force against players who he had a physical mismatch against. So what do you take from his performance against Medgar Evers and, and how could it maybe benefit him going forward here? Yeah, I thought it was just, you know, a good opportunity for Makai to get out there with someone with a different colored uniform on and, and uh, you know, get some minutes under his belt, uh, even if it was a Division Three team, just to go up and down. And uh, we saw it a little bit. We were able to play him uh, extended minutes in the uh, New Jersey Institute Technology scrimmage, and he did well there. Makai's uh, a very talented guy. I said he's as talented as we've had in the front court. Um, and it's just a matter of he's being out veteraned right now by some of the other guys, and we've got some depth up there. So uh, it was just an opportunity for us to get him kind of some game minutes, and, and uh, I wasn't surprised by what he did by any means because we saw he did that versus New Jersey Tech, and he's just got to you know, continue to do what he's been doing, getting better every day, learn some of our, become a little more comfortable with some of our defensive coverages and that type of thing. Uh, but he's got a, certainly a bright future, and he's got a lot of talent. How about Christian Sebus at the point guard? Yeah, Chris, Christian didn't get the chance to check in uh, the first couple games. And, uh, you know, we, we, again, we've got some guard depth up there, some guys who've played a lot of minutes, and uh, uh, gives him an opportunity to, go to, you know, just like very much like Makai, get out there and play. And, and, uh, and you know, he's got to just do what, whatever, what those young guys do, just keep plugging away in practice and, and getting better every single day. I talked to you about Jalen Leach before the Megger Evers game, and he's trying to recover from that foot injury he sustained midseason last year. And you told me that you thought right now it's more mental than anything else. Was he able, because you know, he knocked out a lot of shots uh, against Medgar, uh, you think maybe that was a big step forward toward getting some of that confidence back and getting into the, the, a better mental space? Yeah, I hope so. I, I think we talked afterwards with the other coaches that – we're hoping that that game kind of benefited him the most where we were just able to play him. I think he played the most minutes and that was kind of our goal before going into the game and for him to see the ball go in the hoop. Uh, I thought that was good for him too and just to get out there and, and um, you know, play him a little more in game situations. But yeah, you're, you know, his foot has been slow to heal. It's been frustrating for him, frustrating for us. Uh, I think he's lost some of his explosiveness and he needs to get that back and that's going to take some time so i thought the game for him was was a real positive using the providence and bc games now as the measuring stick we're going to put mega Evers aside uh, let's start on the offensive side based on what you've seen in uh, with those two games as the measuring sticks how much better will this fairfield team be offensively than last year's team, and I know you know the floor was low last year in terms of number, uh, you know, points per game. You're going to do better than that. How much better? Yeah, I think there's, you know, I don't have a number for you, but I think there's room for a ton of progress on that end of the floor. Uh, you know, in both games we had some very good moments uh, offensively where we shared the ball, and and certainly our perimeter shooting with TJ is better, and and Woj having him now for the full year. Uh, but we're going to have to play more consistently on that end of the floor. And uh, we had, you know, a couple spacing issues and some uh, turnover issues, certainly against Providence in the first half, and then BC in the second half. That, that I thought they were kind of unforced errors. Um, but there's a lot of room for improvement on, on both ends of the floor, not just offense, but also def defensively. I think we can get a lot better. 
Well, <clears throat> I know we've kind of put the Medgar Evers game in the rearview mirror, but we had a funny exchange on the broadcast. Somewhere at the end of the first half, Bob pointed to the TV screen where the score was, since we're talking about offense, and it was 62-14. to 14. So Bob said to me, what is significant about that 62 number? And I said, I have no idea. He said, that's the amount of points we averaged last year. Per and game, and it was four game. minutes to go in the first half, and uh, it was nice to see. So uh, kind of a segue into my comment. I had mentioned to you that in the practice I thought, I thought your team shot the ball better, and sure enough, you made 15 threes. Uh, so um, I know you weren't aware. We'll tell you anyway. The record, I guess, for threes in a game is 17. 17. So you are. do you feel you are a better shooting team? And the second question is, how can I ask this without you being negative? Is Leach really just limited now to be a catch and shoot guy, or is there any chance he's going to do more ball handling? He has, does he have? Can he help you at the point guard spot, maybe as a backup point guard? Yeah, you know, we played him a little bit in the scrimmage versus New Jersey Tech uh, in that spot, yeah. and um, I think right now for Jalen to play that spot, he's just got to trust his foot more. Mm -hmm. Uh, because some of his, you know, explosiveness about getting by guys is, has been limited. So that's the thing I, I guess, uh, Joe, that I would want to see a little more, bit more for him. If a guy does get up into him, can he go by a guy, uh, use his physicality because he's got good size. But I think that's the thing where he's got to feel a little more confident. And, uh, you know, even talking to Jalen, he feels that he doesn't have that right now, that he's missing some of uh, his explosiveness and he, he – is mostly a catch-and-shoot guy right now. So I'm hoping as the foot gets better and as he feels more confident uh, in his foot that, that uh, we, can, we can do some of that stuff. You said based on the PC and BC games that there's more, clearly more room for improvement offensively, and you said defensively as well, and we know this is going to be a good defensive team. I think the one thing that most disappointed you coming out of either of those games was how BC's physicality mm -hmm. uh, seemed to take you out of your game offensively where you weren't able to you know, fight through stuff and get to spots and that sort of thing. So how, um, how do you gauge a lesson learned in that case? What are the things you work on in the mm -hmm. practice in order to make sure that doesn't happen a second time? Well, I think film plays a, plays a, a big role in that. You know, we, I've told you guys this before. We, we did it after Medgar Evers, too. We'd get the guys together the next time we meet, and we go over the things that we need to improve on on both ends, some good things, some bad things. So certainly our focus against Boston College was, um, I think especially at the guard spot, was the physicality and where they moved us on our catches. So uh, we were running our offense uh, three to four steps off where we wanted to run it, or they'd knock us off a cut. And some of it, I thought that's just the mental part of it, that, that we, we didn't answer the challenge of their physicality, uh, at, and like I said, especially at the guard spot. So I think film pays a, pays a uh, big role in that. And then just, you know, we, we try and correct during practice. We'll either, you know, simulate a drill, do something that, that can help us improve in that area, and, you know, uh, and just try and get better at it. This is, uh, we're talking to you the day before you play Sacred Heart. This is obviously uh, a big, big rivalry game. The players, this current group of players, are they aware of what this game means in terms of 
the fans' response to it? The fans make a big deal out of this game. How about the players? Does that translate to them very well? I mean, we've talked about it. I, I said to last night when we got together that um, I don't know. I, you guys might know better that this is probably the biggest non-conference game the Sacred Heart has had in many, many years. I, you know, uh, I'm just assuming it is that that because we've never been over there and played, and it's the proximity of the schools. So. We talked about it. We're going to get their best punch. Uh, Anthony's a friend. He does a great job. They're going to be well coached, and uh, we're going to have to go over there and play well to beat them. Well, there's no doubt. I haven't been, you know, being familiar with Sacred Heart and the NEC with my broadcast. There's no doubt that they have a attitude, and I'm not saying anything bad about them. That we finally got them to come over here, and there is a buzz on that campus due to football. Uh, they are, not that this is relevant, but they, they, uh, they have a game this weekend. If they win, they go to the NCAA tournament. So um, the point is is that uh, it, it's a big game for them, no doubt. And you get, I'm talking to Joe right now, you get, Joe does work with Sacred Heart right. uh, with the NEC broadcasts. Right. Uh, you, so you get that sense that they're, they're lying in the weeds. Oh, there. there's no doubt. Okay. There's no doubt. Remember, Again, and, and I'm not making specific points here or instances, but the people in the NEC, in general, the players in the NEC are not being recruited for the most part by MAC schools. So they're trying to prove, you know, uh, that they're capable of playing this level. And the fact that you're only a few miles away adds to that. Um, so, it, again, I, I don't want to sit here and I know specifically if it's their biggest game in a long time, but... It, it's going to be like um, it's going to be like a, a conference championship game for them. I know uh, T.J. Long and the Six Smith kid on Sacred Heart were high school teammates um, on Long Island. Are there any other uh, personal relationships involved with uh, the, the Fairfield kids and the Sacred Heart kids? I know Joe back in the day would play with some of these Sacred Heart guys in the summer. And um, any of that going on with with your guys? Any interim? <laughs> intramural type <laughs> battles uh, ready to transpire here? Uh, I don't really think so other than TJ. Uh, there's an awareness of who the other guys are for sure. I, I think there's general awareness, but you know, you get, we kind of get in our old world and, and even for me, I, I pay attention to Anthony because he's a friend of mine and right. uh, root for them when we're not playing against it. But I, you know, I, I Till I started scouting him, something I couldn't name a lot of the guys on the team and that type of stuff. And it's probably true the other way around. You get in your own world and your next opponent and that type of thing. So we, we had talked a couple times about during the summer when, when we didn't have a lot of guys on campus and they didn't either maybe getting together and just playing pickup, but it just never really worked out date-wise. So I think that's really, you know, as far as that goes. Yeah, it's funny. You just mentioned it. Back in the day when you got done playing in February or March, you were done. Now you guys bring kids on campus in the summer, right? And you're you're running your practices, whatever you do, you know, for eight hours, four hours, whatever you do. So it's harder to get together. But back in the day, in the summer, in the spring, in the fall, we would always look to to get runs with some of the local schools. I just don't think that happens anymore. There are probably summer leagues too that you guys all played in and that type of stuff, and those are almost always gone because right. everybody's on campus working out and mm -hmm. and with the NCAA rules. So so it's a little different than it was. Well, some of the uh, people listening to this podcast right now will be listening to it after your game with Sacred Heart is done. That being said, for those who are hearing it before tip-off, you've scouted Sacred Heart, 
all week. You've practiced uh, with them in mind all week. What are the keys in this game? What are the things you have to do particularly well to beat them? Yeah, at the end of the day, we're going to have to really guard the ball in this game. I, you know, I, I said this to someone else the other day that they can, and most times they'll have five guys who can all pass, dribble, and shoot uh, on the floor. And they've got some guards who can really go off the bounce. They do a good job of uh, kind of drawing defenders and, and kicking to the next guy. So th I think they're, um, you know, they got a, a lot of guys who can score. So at the end of the day, I know it sounds simplistic, this is going to be a game where we're going to have to sit down and keep our head between the ball and the basket and try not to rotate much. And uh, It's about our defense and our rebounding, and uh, uh, we're going to have to pack that up, especially on the road, and, and go over and play in a good environment, and, uh, and we're going to have to stop them. Starts a uh, challenging stretch of the schedule, and this happens all year long, but this is now you're in you're into the holidays now, and that alters things a bit. You've got Stony Brook coming up on the day before Thanksgiving, and then coming out of Thanksgiving, you play Loyola. So how do you balance uh, all that basketball and, and all these scouts and all these practices with letting the kids in, enjoy Thanksgiving? How does that work out f for them from a logistical standpoint? Yeah, we're, we're going to be off Thanksgiving Day from a practice standpoint because that will be our mandatory NCAA day off, and the local guys uh, – will uh, go home if they want to and some of them may bring uh, guys with them and then we'll have a meal from them on campus and we're trying to do a community service uh, do something in the community Thanksgiving Day if we can too to whether it's help hand out food for the uh, less fortunate whatever we can do I think it's a good day for us to kind of recalibrate give back and uh, and let our guys get off their feet and have a good meal nice nice and uh I hate to go. This is a, this is an awkward transition, but there is one thing, kind of off topic, I wanted to bring up because it just affected Wagner. You know, Joe and I were talking about being back in Webster Bank the other day, and we see fans, and we're kind of close to being normal, but maybe we're not as close to normal as we want to be. And if our listeners aren't familiar with what I'm referring to, Wagner is in pause now. This is the this is one of Fairfield's future opponents. Uh, they had to postpone their game the other night against St. Peter's because of a COVID outbreak. So what are the protocols? What are the things that Fairfield has to deal with in terms of making sure this is something that doesn't rise up and, and, and bite this program on the butt? Yeah, we're still, you know, into mask wearing and, and uh, in certain parts of even traveling over to the arena or in the arena, uh, not when we're warming up and playing and not when we're coaching, but even in this building right now, we're, we're still, uh, you know, adhering to the mask wearing policy and just honestly common sense. I'm, I'm reminding the guys all the time that this thing isn't going away. The numbers in Connecticut are up um, and we've got to still be cautious about it. You know, the testing part of it has gone away, but uh, that doesn't mean like Wagner that, that programs can't be affected by it. So really just being smart, um, you know, trying to limit the size of the groups that you're in, trying to keep you know, uh, within your own circles, so to speak, and, and uh, just being as safe as possible. Other than that, there's not really a lot you can do. And during the, uh, the MAC season, if um, I'm, I'm not really sure what the answer is, you tell me. Let's say, hypothetically, MAC Team A plays MAC Team B, and that's supposed to be on a Friday night, and on Thursday, Team A has a COVID outbreak. Are you allowed to postpone that game, or do you just lose that game? Those games will be forfeits. I thought so. Yeah. I just wanted to make that clear for yeah. the record. So yeah, this is a little different than last year. No question. Yeah. A lot of juggling with the schedule. 
And this is the portion of the podcast I turn to Joe and say, Joe, you got anything else? Yeah. Um, first of all, you know, my wife and I are senior citizens, so you're looking for a community service thing for <laughs> your guys to do. I got a lot of leaves on the front lawn. <laughs> but uh, I do have a, a pointed question, and I'm hoping you're going to answer it. We talked about the one scholarship you have left, and you're not going to rush into whatever, whatever. If you were to give that scholarship out today, what position would you be looking for? Yeah, that is a tough question. I, pr- probably a little more depth at the point guard spot. Um, although those decisions are tough because you're still, you know, you've got these COVID decisions that still haven't been made about what your scholarship situation. But if, if, if you ask me that today, that's what I would say, probably a little more depth at that spot. Coach, uh, you have any special uh, plans at the, uh, at the young household for Thanksgiving? <laughs> Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll be celebrating a win and um, watching some film of our next opponent. That's probably that's all I'm looking forward to. Actually, celebrating two wins that would be uh, right. Sacred Heart and Stony Brook. And um, we'll talk to you not until after the Stony Brook game. That game carries a little extra weight for you, doesn't it? A little more interest probably than normal, but uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, really I haven't even thought about it quite honestly. Sure. Uh, Jesus was in here today and asking me about Christmas break, and I was so, you know, like, I was like... Christmas break. Yeah, it just <laughs> seems like it's 10 years away. I just, but, uh, yeah, we just kind of focused in on uh, on the Sacred Heart game, and then we'll figure it out after that like we always do. Yeah, it'll be a nice Thanksgiving regardless, but a lot nicer if you can get those wins against Sacred Heart and Stony Brook. And um, let's see, we'll talk to you well, well down the line. We'll preview that in a second, but before we sign off here... As always, thanks for the time here. And thank good you. luck against Sacred Heart. It's going to be a fun one. Yep, thank you, guys. That'll do it for this edition of Open Court with Jay Young. The Stags do have these upcoming games against Sacred Heart and Stony Brook and Loyola. Busy stretch. And then it's followed by the start of the max season as the Stags will make that Buffalo trip with games against Canisius and Niagara. And we'll produce our next Open Court before the Stags head to Buffalo. So we'll see you then, and we wish you... A very happy Thanksgiving on behalf of Coach Young and on behalf of Joe DeSantis. And certainly on behalf of our great producer, Ryan Moynihan, I want to thank you for listening. I'm Bob Huesler. Thanks for listening to Open Court. The Open Court Podcast is a presentation of Fairfield University Athletics. For future podcasts, videos, news, stats, and coverage of Fairfield Stags men's basketball, log on to fairfieldstags.com.